So I have Kristen Henning on the line. Kristen, as you know, lives in middle America in Minneapolis, Minnesota, but she's been up to Winnipeg, which uh, is in the Canadian state of Manitoba. Am I right, Chris? That is right. Middle Canada. It's a province up there. So you know exactly how they feel being middlers. That's right. We have a lot in common. <laughs> Did you just fly straight up north or what? Uh, pretty much, yes. Okay. It's uh, pretty much due north, a tiny bit west. Okay. Well, sounds good. So um, what would you say, What what's the sort of main attraction of, uh, of uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba? Well, a lot of people know Winnipeg, unfortunately, just for passing through because it's a real adventures gateway to the Hudson Bay area right. and northern Manitoba. So um, a lot of um, Americans, even Minnesotans, and Minnesota attracts a lot of fishermen and hunters and adventurers, um, go further north for the real wilderness of of northern Manitoba, and in particular for Hudson Bay, right. the the town of Churchill is on Hudson Bay. That's polar in Manitoba. Bear country, and yeah, yeah, you can see polar bears there in the summer and in winter. It's great for viewing northern lights. So right. that's a destination, and Winnipeg's often just the airport. You uh, change to your little puddle jumper uh, seaplane. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> puddle jumper, I like that term. Is this also the the ice trucker uh, area? Uh, ice, I'm sorry, I didn't understand There's that. A, there was a series on television called, I think it was called Ice Truckers, where they were, uh -oh. these guys are driving big rigs on very dangerous roads. Maybe not. Uh, I, I don't know the series. Oh, okay. Um, well, Very yeah, well it, was, could be. it was a bit hairy. I mean, I've driven on those roads, but um, on good quality, um, you know, uh, no no snow, in other words, and, and hopefully no ice, but um, interesting part of the world. So was it just the, uh, on a whim you decided to go up there or what? Well, um, I, you know, I've always been wanting to see, in particular, the Canadian Museum of Human Rights, which is in Winnipeg. I, I had been anticipating going to Winnipeg on my way further north, and that just hadn't happened for a while. So I decided I'm just going to go to Winnipeg and see Winnipeg and, and right. make that my destination. And I'm really glad we did. It's a, it's a very historic town. It is on the Red River. Uh, it's actually at the fork of two rivers, the Red River and the Assiniboine River, which no one has ever heard of unless no. you're from Manitoba. <laughs> right. But the Red River is a major river which starts in the United States and flows north, which is notable. It's uh, for a time the divider between Minnesota and North Dakota, and it flows north through Winnipeg and up into the Hudson Bay. Now you say it's notable because a lot of American rivers actually flow south, do they? Uh Pretty much all of them, and right. uh, you have in Minnesota the the source of the Mississippi River, which flies south, and then the Red River, which flows north. So okay. we have a continental divide, uh, mysteriously, right here, right, east and, and west and north and south. <laughs> okay, oh, that's good. Does the Red River flow red, or that's where uh, the name comes no, from? No, I think the name comes from some of the. Um, 
probably from some of the shallow clay right. areas, which make it appear red. But okay, uh, okay, uh, well, that sounds great. Yeah, now, and it's the, it. Go on. Sorry, I'm just going to say that the the Red River and the Mississippi River together in the lakes area of northern Minnesota form this huge migratory waterway flyway that is uh, one of the great reasons to visit Winnipeg is for birding and seeing huge amounts of migratory birds. And I saw on your um, blog site that uh, your partner Tom's got a story on birding. Um, Did he do a bit of that while you were up there? We did. We went to a, a fascinating place called the Oak Hammock Marsh, which is a reserve uh, administered by uh, a, a few organizations, Ducks Unlimited of Canada and the United States, cooperating. And they've recovered this this uh, marshland, which was used for farming for a while, and, and returned it to its natural state. And this is prairie land here. And Manitoba is sort of between the the great shield uh, of rocky shields that f- fall into the Great Lakes and then west the beginning of the Rocky Mountains. So this is the vast prairie land in between and it's woodlands, prairie, wetlands. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, so the Oak Marsh is a great place for birding. There's also another really accessible place right in Manitoba called Fort White, which really exhibits all of these habitats, the prairie, the lakes, the woodlands, and they have a herd of bison there. Uh, it's, I think, the it's, it's a, under 40 head, but it's the largest urban herd of bison uh, that you might find, and, and okay. you can... Would that be the traditional? Were they the traditional animals found on the prairie? Yes, absolutely, and they were the famous animal that uh, was the source of all good things for the indigenous people: clothing, food, and shelter. And uh, you know, were largely decimated. Right, just because they needed to eat. Yes, that's probably a pretty good reason (laughs) to. to, Uh, Yeah. uh, you know. Well, and because the those who followed the the indigenous might have taken better care because they knew they uh, it was a symbiotic relationship, and yeah. the the settlers who followed didn't quite understand right. that. Okay, the old <laughs> white man did it again, hey? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, fair enough. So um, this Museum of National uh, of Human Rights sounds interesting, and why would it be located there? Was it that is, a scene of bad human rights or something? It is. No, it's really fascinating. There, there was an individual, a guy named Israel Asper, Asper who we, I think he was a media tycoon and um, probably had other business interests, but he, uh, a wealthy man from, uh, from Winnipeg who, by the way, funded a, a gigantic beautiful park there called the Assiniboine Park. Uh, he, it was his vision to establish the Museum for Human Rights here in Winnipeg. Right. And uh, he, he, he didn't live to see it uh, fully develop, but right. it's, it's, it's a beyond our expectations, and we're museum buffs. This right. is an outstanding 
museum. Um, it's architecturally beautiful, and it takes you through, in its architecture, through this series of ramps that are alabaster ramps and leading up, up, up through this gorgeous building, through the stories, individual stories and historic um, eras of fights for human rights. And does it's, uh, he sounds Jewish? Does it cover the Holocaust? I, uh, yes, but without any more or less emphasis than everything else. Right. That's what's really unique about this museum. It's it's a lot of individual stories, but it's really talking about human rights in all aspects of life. Okay. Uh, it could be education, religion, housing, health, social contracts. It's it's everything, and it's um, you can participate in it sort of individually by choosing which stories you want to follow, but it's it's very much told through the strength of individuals to stand up for their own rights. Which sounds like we need a lot more of that. It's beautiful. Yeah, right it's now. a great museum. Yeah, okay. So how long did you spend there and what would you recommend for visitors? Well, uh, we were probably only there for about three days, I think. Um, and I I really believe that it's this balance of respect for the natural environment to get to the Oak Hammock Marsh or one of the local parks is essential. The Assiniboine Park, by the way, has a brand new horticulture center called The Leaf, which also has a great restaurant in it, but it's an indoor and outdoor horticulture center. That's that's a definite. Um, and so the outdoor experience combined with the museum experience and the museums are right along the Red River and the fork of the two rivers. The fork itself is uh, uh, the name for that confluence and the original settlement was there and now it's a very vibrant center for shopping, restaurants, festivals and you know other historic reasons. So is this the major uh, city in, in the middle of Canada? Yes, in Manitoba, it is the major city. Right. So it's really between Toronto and Vancouver. Calgary, it would oh, be yeah. the biggest city. It's okay. about 750,000 population. Oh, okay. So uh, so it's a good-sized city. And um, accommodation-wise, what did you do? Did you just find a hotel? Or? Well, we stayed near the airport, and um, we got around largely... Uh, with a combination of rideshare service, and then we did hire a car for a, a couple of days to get out to the the Marsh Reserve. But uh, the airport hotel we stayed in was, was a Wyndham Garden, and it's oh, the yeah. first Wyndham Garden to be native-owned. So that was wonderful, and they uh, they had native language signage and uh, special indigenous cuisine offered in the in their restaurant. It was very, very nice. So that sounds good. I've noticed that Canada really does seem to have the indigenous story very much at the forefront of its thoughts. Well, it's interesting in Winnipeg too. This surprised us a bit. Well, we did we did know that there's a, a large indigenous population. It's the largest 
indigenous popula- urban population in the world. It's 100,000 wow. uh, roughly in Winnipeg. But there's also a, another, many other immigrant populations that are substantial. The largest uh, Filipino population outside the Philippines is wow. in Winnipeg. Oh, that's mm. interesting. wonder how that occurred. I am not entirely sure. They're, you know, the Commonwealth countries, there's an Indian population, Nigerian population, and most recently quite a large Ukrainian immigrant population. Right. Okay. Those escaping the war, were they? Uh, Yeah. And Canada is helpful. Mm. Oh, we've got a few here, I think. But uh, anyway, so... uh, well, it, um, it sounds good, and I guess the message for people visiting the area is, well, if you happen to be wanting to go to Hudson Bay or look at the Northern Lights or shoot whatever you shoot or fish for whatever you fish for, this is probably a good place to actually spend a little more time than you would as, a, a, as an airport. Absolutely. Don't, don't just fly through, spend time there. And if you, especially if, if you have children if you have grandchildren if you've you know got a a group that you want to accommodate there's so much of variety that you can really keep everybody happy for a couple of days and again it's part of my mantra here don't just look at the the big cities on the coast when you're coming to north america get into the middle of the countries and uh, see how friendly and accommodating and how sophisticated uh, and how much there is to offer in these middle America cities. It's a lovely message, uh, Chris. Thank you very much for sharing. Thank you. Our reporter, Kristen Henning, there, was speaking with Graeme Kemlo. Check out her blog at travelpast50.com.